This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. I'll be brief today because I know you want to get to the pageant, so. Here we are again in this third Sunday of Advent, continuing our journey through that seemingly simple but also complex story of the incarnation of God and Jesus Christ. And again, using the book of Simple Church by Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger as our framework, we're coming to see that there is clarity and hope, that there is movement in God's love, there is joy in the alignment of God's purpose, and there is focus on and in God's peace. And yes, today we're going to see, through message and pageant, that there is joy in the alignment of God's purpose of redeeming his people. In God's work of salvation history, there is an alignment of all things around the same simple process, to paraphrase Rainer and Geiger's definition of alignment in the church. I guess tonight we get to see alignment of the, of the spheres, right? I saw something that five planets are going to be in alignment today. If it's clear, hopefully go out there and take a look. Talk about a living illustration, huh? Through the prophets, we see that throughout salvation's story, there is alignment in God's process of redeeming his people. And with redemption, there is joy. So what does joy look like? How would you describe it? There are the dictionary definitions, the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying, a state of happiness or felicity. But how might you paint a picture of it? Some time ago, I asked some Sunday school children to draw pictures of joy. Wish I could show you them. Joy is Pentecost with the red sneakers. Long story. Joy is building a snow fort if there was snow. Joy is a Christmas tree and family opening presents. That was a great picture. Joy is the manger. Joy is the cross. Our kids get it. But sometimes we misconstrue what joy is. If I win the lottery, there will be joy in the land. If I get the right presents, But as we all know, the Bible paints a different picture of joy. It's a picture we'll see in just a few moments. It's a picture disconnected from symbols of status and success and not in alignment with the idea of piling up possessions and stuff. Rather, it's a short, it's a joy that is lasting and eternal. Let's go to scripture right now and look for a glimpse of the picture of biblical joy. Listen for God's word from the Old Testament lesson from Zephaniah 3, 14 to 20, our first lesson of several this morning. The prophet says, sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The king of Israel is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. 
On that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal, deal with all the oppressors at that time and I will save the lame and the gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time, when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Now, Zephaniah is one of those underread and underappreciated Old Testament, we called him in our Old Testament class in seminary, as we know, minor prophets. He's the one where I would get a call from my mother-in-law on a Sunday afternoon as she was doing the Sunday New York Times password puzzle. Indeed, name an Old Testament minor prophet with nine letters, and I had to come up with it. And if you read the early chapters of the book of Zephaniah, of the prophet, you can see why he's overlooked, because it's not a happy read. He kicks things off with a hard and current assessment of reality for the people. There is no alignment at all of the people fulfilling their purpose as God's covenant people. It's an honest reminder to the children of Israel to turn away from the earthly gods that they have been chasing after for their false sense of joy and their signs of success that they've been striving for. If they fail to do so, Zephaniah says, one day all of the temporary joys they have been chasing will fade away and it will be a nasty day of necessary judgment. We, don't, we always make that mistake, don't we? Even in today's headlines, we chase after the wrong forms of joy, power. One can't help but ask, where is true joy and real joy in these times? Well, in the closing words of, this God, of God's given message, Zephaniah offers an incredible picture, a beautiful glimpse of a real and biblical style joy. He speaks of that day when God no longer has to deal harshly with his people or conceal God's self, which, by the way, is the meaning of the word Zephaniah, of the name. He speaks of a day when the judgment for pursuing false joys is no longer held against those who have been made right with God through the grace of God. He writes of a day when the new king of the people, the capital K, will have entered the midst of the people through his righteous rule, take away all of their fears. Zephaniah speaks of a day when the people's greatest shame will be transformed into shouts of praise because every sin committed against God, every issue that they once thought was separating them from God will have been dealt with and remembered no more. There will be a time, Zephaniah says, when women and men will sing aloud and shout 
where they will be glad and rejoice with all their hearts. What a picture. That's the picture of true and authentic joy. Not as a result of piling up enough money or achieving earthly power or success. No, this lasting joy will flow from the fact that God has found his joy in us, in you and me. Real joy, authentic joy, biblical joy, comes from knowing without fail that the Lord your God is with you and that he is mighty to save. It comes from knowing that God, God's self, delights in you and that he, God rejoices in you. Little old you and me with singing. In fact, the term daughter Zion in verse 14 can be better interpreted by the word darling. There is joy in knowing that by grace and through faith, God calls you darling. Here is where joy is so essential to the celebration of Jesus' birth. Because in his arrival, in the entrance of that refugee born in a Bethlehem back alley, God tells us that that Zephaniah-style Zephaniah joy has come. In Jesus' arrival, the king is in our midst and our sins are now forgiven. There is joy in the alignment of God and humanity through the incarnational process of God's love made real in Jesus Christ. It was all part of the plan. Life's joys can be fleeting and temporary, but at Christmas we celebrate the arrival of true and real joy. Even in this season of the already and the not yet, in this time of preparing for Jesus' coming in love, simply incarnate, and for awaiting for his coming again. Even in these times of disaster, there can be joy. For the angel says it best. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today and every day, a Savior has been born to you, Christ the Lord. And it is vital for the body of Christ on earth, for each and every congregation in this land and in this world, to open our arms to those who are hurting and invite them home to where true joy is. Don't you love that imagery in verse 19 and 20? And I will save and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. And at that time, I will bring you home. True joy comes in coming home and offering a sense of home to all people. We are to be simply incarnate and simply incarnate the power and the purpose of inviting everyone home to a joy that lasts, the eternal joy that's ours in the salvation to eternal life that's ours in Christ. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. 
Now is the time to witness joy and alignment, the joy of a story as expressed in word and song and action. Take it away. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.